0: Magazines and Monsters bonus episode, Halloween special, Night of the Demon, with Monster Matt Patterson.
1: It has been written since the beginning of time that evil, supernatural creatures exist in a world of darkness. And it is also said, man can call forth these powers of darkness... The Demons of Hell. It is the night of the demon. (laughs) And tonight is the night that Dana Andrews, as a daring scientist, defies the mysterious, murderous devil cult in a desperate battle against the demons of hell. Oh. Why did you drop the poker? Red hot. It isn't, you know. My boy, you're as pale as death. There was something in here. He has been chosen. I've been chosen for what? What do you mean?
0: Today I found all the pages of my
1: desk calendar torn out after October the 22nd. I know why.
0: He died on the 22nd. John, John, what's the matter?
1: The same thing happened to my desk calendar after the 28th. The Frightened Girl. The Master of Witchcraft. You will die, as I said, at 10 o'clock on the 28th of this month. Your time allowed is just three days from now. Skeptical? Don't make up your mind till you see this masterpiece of macabre magic, because After all, evil supernatural creatures really do exist.
0: hey everybody billy d aka doc strange here back with another recording for the show and this time we are having another movie discussion and this one's uh, been a long time coming it's uh, been uh, batted back and forth and talked about uh, behind the scenes between my guest and i for uh, probably about th- three months at this point we finally got to sit down and talk about it and we are both stoked because it's a uh, one of our favorite movies uh from the 1950s 1957 to be exact and that's uh depending on what continent you're from either knight of the demon or curse of the demon and uh, here to talk about that movie with me is monster matt patterson how are you man
2: hey <laughs> i can't believe
0: you brought me back <laughs> <laughs> well hey now this time you're gonna have to uh you're going to have to jump through some hoops for a, another one here, man. This one was so long coming. It's just like you're going to have to do some push-ups or something. <laughs> oh,
2: no, no. <laughs> I, t- I took my vitamins, so I'm all good.
0: Your Flintstones vitamins, <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> or the, uh, oh, man, what was the monster ones? Um, same era in the 70s, and there were little Oh yeah. Oh, geez.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what those were called, but, but I'll, I I'll do remember them.
2: Time. That's good. <laughs>
0: Mm -hmm. yeah take a flintstone one just so you have something in your system here to keep you going (laughs) so yeah we're going to talk about this movie and this is a good one man this is a really good one uh you know and it stars somebody that you know was a huge 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 star you know back in the 40s i believe but then till the 50s came around i know he you know had some uh you know issues with alcohol and things like that and he eventually, right. you know, got on got on board and got away from that stuff and kind of be, you know, became a big advocate for, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous and things like that. But his name's Dana Andrews and he's a really good actor and he's in this one. And to me, he's still at the top of his form in this one. What do you think?
2: Oh, absolutely. He he, um, he was kind of like a private eye and. The uh, psychiatrist and the investigative reporter kind of thing all rolled up into one and mm-hmm. and kind of under the blanket of the American tough guy. You know, mm-hmm. there's always that fast talking, you know, transatlantic uh, dialect or whatever you call it and just steamrolling through everything. And,
0: you know, he's American. Don't you forget it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and this is a, a wild story, but it's actually based off an M.R. James story called Casting the Runes, um, which is uh, not one I've read, but I would really like to because if it's, you know, better, as good as or better than the movie, then it's for me because I know a lot of times the books are better than the movies.
2: <laughs> True. I, I haven't read it myself either. Um, it appears that it was a part of an anthology in the early 1900s. So... Mm-hmm you know, let's say it's a short story or novella. And um, yeah, if I can get my hands on it, I
0: would definitely love to indulge in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll definitely have to seek that out because I know for sure I've seen some of his work as well. in, uh, uh, In the UK in the 70s, they had these things called A Ghost Story for Christmas. I don't know if you've ever seen those. They're usually about 30 to 45 minutes long and they would come out literally on Christmas Eve in uh, in england in the uk um in back in the 70s and they were just these little short you know vignettes and they were based off of a lot of mr james stories and stuff like that and they're really cool i don't know if you've ever seen those but if not you need to look them up they're good no and now i need to <laughs> and i
2: think we should do that on this side of the water too you know um, uh-huh. there's nothing wrong with a good ghost story at any point of the year but if you're throwing it in there with Christmas as well, yeah, sign me up.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did talk about one of them, or I'm sorry, I lied, two of them earlier this year with a guy from the UK, uh, Pete Dory, who makes comics over there as well. Uh, he and I talked about, I think we talked about I think one of them was an MR James story, and the other one was uh that the MR James story is called The Stalls of Barchester. And then the other one, The Signalman, is uh Oh, crap. I can't remember who did that one. It's somebody really super famous. So that's why it's really making me nuts here. The Sig. No, man. Here we go. And it's Charles Dickens. Ha ha. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) So, yeah, there you go. So, again, people like that, you know, really good writers like that. It's uh, you know, you're going to have a good time. But, yeah, there was, I think, at least six or seven of them that came out in the early to mid 1970s there. And I think the. You know, uh, my guest uh, for that episode, Pete, did say that they started them up again in the uh, late 2000s or 20, 2010s here. I oh, don't okay. know. So, uh, so fairly recently, they, they put a couple out, and he said some of them were just eh, but he said there was one or maybe two that were actually really good. So I'm actually going to try to watch all the old ones first and then okay. uh, maybe uh, move on to the new ones because, like, the older ones, you can find them on YouTube. They're just floating around out there. Um, right. But, yeah, that's where I know that and name Mr. James from. So, again, I know between those and adaptations in this, you know, the guy obviously wrote some really quality stuff, but uh, the director is Jacques Turneau. So, you know, he's French, so we know we got to uh, pronounce his name right or he'll hate us forever. Didn't he play for Montreal? I mean, uh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I think he was that guy that did all those deep sea adventures, wasn't he? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go. Yeah, and then a couple of the writers here. I do not know these guys off the top of my head, Charles Bennett and Hal E. Chester. Uh, they are not two names that I recognize. I might click on their names and say, oh, they did do a couple things I know, but nothing jumps out at me right away on them. But, you know, again, the guy, the people behind the scenes are great, but I just think, you know, Dana Andrews here, you know, the lead who plays uh, John Holden. And like you said, he's a, uh, he's kind of like a skeptic for – you know, the supernatural. So, what he does is writes, you know, columns for newspapers and magazines and stuff like that. Kind of like uh, debunking, you know, the supernatural. So, you know, that's what yeah. that's, that's his angle here. Going
2: around and poking holes through all the all the uh, falsehoods out there and everything and and his uh, reputation precedes him and he's he's mm-hmm. got quite a handle on everything and he thinks he knows a little bit about everything and I think you know the two main characters really kind of uh, square off, if you will. So mm-hmm. that's I like that.
0: Yeah, and then we had uh, Peggy Cummins here as Joanna Harrington, and she we see how she actually meets him on the plane ride over from the states to uh, the UK. And she's a very good character here too. I really like her in this one. She's really good. But they kind of are like a, a bit of a Batman and Robin in this one here. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to call it or batman and batgirl i guess yeah be sorry peggy <laughs> yeah. and then uh the uh their uh, uh antithesis here in this one is niall mcginnis and this guy plays dr julian carswell and he is basically a a warlock maybe would you call him uh yeah something? or,
2: a cultist or yeah, I don't know if I'd go as far as, like, Satanist, but uh, a cultist or something yeah. like yeah,
0: Yeah, the, like the, the the grand poobah of a cult. And uh <laughs> he's actually a legit, you know, a practitioner. He actually has some legit skill and power here. And we're going to see, uh, see that when we get into the film here. But, yeah, he's not to be messed with. But, you know, of course, Dana Andrews' character, John Holden, thinks he's a charlatan and he's going to prove that he's, you know, full of baloney and all this stuff. But, you know, we you know the we the viewers right away see that he is most well, certainly not <laughs> but it takes uh john holden a little while to figure that out
2: yeah and uh i i really like um uh, dr carswell you know uh, mm-hmm. how do you say that neil Nile Nile mm-hmm.
0: Ni- yeah Nile. i would say mcginnis yeah <laughs> um
2: he he reminded me so much of other like villainous characters and other shows and other movies. And it was like, ah oh, he, he was, he was sweaty kind of, and you know, all worked up about everything. And I really mm-hmm. liked his character, even though I wanted him to fail, you know what I mean? But truly mm-hmm. really dug him really good character. And I, I can't think of anything else that, I might have recognized them in. Um, and then as a weird sidebar, I had a a high school music teacher. His last name is Carswell. So there's no relation. <laughs> <but it's just laughs>
0: that's great. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's awesome.
2: A little sidebar for everybody, you know. <laughs> yeah.
0: There was really only one other character I would say that is really... I don't want to say of importance, because that's not fair to everyone else in the film. But only one other character that really, you know, for the uh, first scene here in the movie is very important. And that's uh, Professor Henry Harrington. And that's uh, Peggy Cummins there, her character, Joanna Harrington's uncle. And uh, we're going to see him make a quick exit here. But those were the only characters that were like really big characters in the in the film that you needed to really be aware of. them. You know, unless you is there somebody else you had uh, on your mind. That was about it for me. No, I just,
2: no, you summed it up pretty well there. Um, I think once you get in the meat and potatoes of everything, um, it all plays out pretty nicely. And I I wanted to compare uh, Carswell kind of um, to Victor Buono Buono from the Batman Mm -hmm. series. And he reminded me of him so much, and especially when Victor is in... um, uh, oh, shoot. The one with Betty Davis and Joan Crawford.
0: Oh, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Uh, when they're like slapping a crap yeah. out of each other. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's like really, you know, flirtatious with. Um, oh, my God. Why can't I think of that? Yeah, uh, it's Baby blowing King, my mind. Whatever. Here. There it is. Oh, oh. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, in that one. Victor Buono is, you know, flirtatious with baby Jane and he's a bit of a a drunkard and everything. And he he, he had that nervous kind of sweaty aura about him. And that's really what Carswell made me think of. Um, But not not right away. Right away. He's very self-assured of everything he's doing. But as the movie progresses, then you see that layer come out, you know. And that mm-hmm. really made me draw a comparison between the two. And at first glance, I thought it was Victor, but obviously not. Um, so shame on me for thinking that. But just the their mannerisms and everything
0: totally made me think of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for real. Totally agree with you on that one. Um, okay, so if you're ready to rock and roll here, I'll just jump into this quick little you know paragraph of a summary, and then we can get into it sounds good all right so psychologist dr john holden travels to london to attend a conference on the paranormal he's actually going there to debunk these activities but finds on arrival that his collaborator professor henry harrington has died in a strange accident harrington's niece joanna isn't so quick to dismiss paranormal activity and believes that the subject of their investigation dr julian carswell had placed a runic curse on her uncle unable to get certain book from the british museum Holden accepts Carswell's offer to visit him and borrow his own copy. There he learns that Carswell was once a magician, which fits in well with his view that paranormal activity is just so much hocus-pocus. Soon after, he and Joanna return to London. He finds that Carswell has placed a similar curse among his own papers. Slowly, Holden comes to realize that the dangers are very real, and he must find a way to rid himself of the death sentence that has been placed on him. And uh, thank you, Gary KMCD on uh, IMDb for that. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. So we kind of talked, you know, big picture a little bit here already about some of the things, you know, in the film here. But why don't we get started here? So this one starts out, uh, you know, you see a car, you know, with a guy in it. And that's our buddy, uh, Professor Harrington. And he's blasting down a roadway to this uh, huge uh, palatial estate. That is our buddy, Dr. Carswell. And we see that. He's, uh, Harrington is all, you know, upset because Carswell had uh, put a curse on him and was like, Hey, I told you not to try to have your conference and debunk uh, the supernatural and you wouldn't listen. So now the curse is coming to get you. So he's asking Carswell to call it off. And Carswell asks him, You know, hey, like, well, do you still have that uh, piece of paper with the runic symbols on that I passed to you? And the guy's like, Oh, no, it got blown away into the fireplace and burned up. And at that point, if you really watch Carswell, his character kind of makes a face and, you know, his body language tells you that, well, now that that's uh, been burned up, there's nothing he can do to stop this impending doom for Harrington. So what did you think of that beginning scene?
2: Oh, it was terrific. Um, There was the uh, dynamic between Harrington and Carswell. I mean, Uh, there there's so much poetic things or so many poetic things going on in this movie. Um, it's hard to really, I don't know, put into words cause I'm a dummy number one, but number two, <laughs> 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 Wait, you don't have to agree. Wait. Um, no, it was, uh, it, it was just that opening sequence with what happens immediately following is that, that is great. And it, it feels like, um, an intro to Alfred Hitchcock presents or the twilight zone or outer limits. Um, Mm -hmm. certainly the the black and white certainly helped, but just the setup and the way it's going and their, their interaction with each other. It's like, man, you, you really felt bad for Harrington, you know, and for whatever reason, those rune symbols on the paper got, Blown away or whatever happened to them And and Carswell is kind of like You said well tough luck You know that I don't know what to do for you It's too late and um, You know he's doomed You don't know what's going to happen yet <laughs> But you just know oh he's He's
0: so gone 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 Yeah he's screwed and uh, Like I said Carswell too he gives a couple of Cues here that you know when I When you watch the movie a first time or if You're younger you might not catch them But like I said Carswell kind of You know, once he says that paper got with the runic symbols got burned up, he kind of like makes a face like, well, you're screwed, buddy. But then he really hurries Harrington out the door. And at first, you don't think anything of it. But, you know, we'll we'll get back to it. But later in the movie, we we do find out why he kind of says, all right, uh, I'll try to do something for you. Just kind of get out of here and sends him on his way. And that's a wild scene when he sends him on his way. You know, he gets in his car and starts blasting down the road. And you see coming down the road, just this huge, like, almost like fog bank coming towards him. And they're not shy about it. This movie within the first, you know, two minutes here, you see basically the, you know, air quotes monster in this movie kind of come for, uh, Harrington here. And the way he dies, it does look like an accident. Uh, so of course, you know, the skeptics can say, well, it was just an accident. It was, you know, nobody's fault. But what did you think of that scene with the monster there right away?
2: I loved it. I really loved it. Um, and I'm glad they didn't wait too long. It it didn't detract from the movie at all, you know, by revealing <laughs> that so early on. Um, and apparently the studios didn't or the uh, was it the director didn't want to have the creature, but the studios did. And all the yeah. director wanted was the fog bank, like you said, and nothing else and kind of leave it up to the imagination of the viewer. Mm-hmm. Um But we're so blessed that they did make The Creature. That's an iconic look. Um, That vision has been used in all kinds of... um,
0: Pop culture?
2: Yeah, monster pop culture. Uh, Some records like Horror Bop or Monster Bop or something like that. And um, Mm -hmm. magazines and what have you. And boy, that is such a great stylistic creature and as somebody who also makes creatures it just the the design and the style are perfect and Mm -hmm. and then going into that time period what is that late 50s 50s, 57 58 i mean people were probably having heart attacks in the theater (laughs) see they probably weren't used to that but You know, for us, this is like, eh, whatever, it's a it's a creature, blah, blah, blah. But for that time, it was probably mind boggling. And especially if, let's say, the audience members might uh, subscribe to religion, you know, then you have the subject matter of a demon coming at you in the screen. And they were probably white with fear, you know, their hair turned white instantly and, and stood on end and everything. And boy, <laughs> it's just, it's a simple little thing from the, the swirling fog. And weren't weren't there some like electrical flashes and things?
0: Yeah, lights uh, or something, yeah, flashing, yep.
2: Yeah, and it's just such a quick crescendo to that creature popping out. I don't know, that that stands probably in my top 10 of
0: creature reveals. hmm yeah, so, yeah, I would. I would agree. Yeah, I would agree.
2: That first scene, you know, the first few minutes, that's just perfect.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't yeah, have redone it. Yeah, it's a very good setup because once we you know meet uh, John Holden here on the plane on his way over, immediately after we see that accident, you know, air quotes accident happen and uh, Harrington get killed, he kind of swerves away from this demon and hits a telephone pole. And it snaps off, and he tries to get out of the car and gets electrocuted. It's pretty nasty looking, especially for <laughs> 1957. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but uh, the, the the scene immediately jumps to an airplane, and that's where we see you know Dana Andrews here, uh, our buddy John Holden, and he's on his way over to meet up with his you know uh, compadre here that just died for this crazy supernatural conference. And right. there's a, <laughs> I love this plane scene because <laughs> there's a woman on the plane, and again we don't know this at first, but we end up finding out this ends up being. Professor Harrington's uh, niece, Joanna, uh, played by Peggy Cummins, who's uh, in the seat and she's kind of behind our buddy, uh, Dr. Holden, and she wants her light on because she can't sleep and she's reading and she's doing this. And of course, Holden wants to sleep because it looks like it's a red eye. So he can't sleep because she has her light on and he buzzes for the stewardess and he's like, you know, can you get me an eye mask or something? She's like, oh, we don't have any. And, He's like, okay, and he puts his hat over his head, and she's bumping into him while he's trying to sleep and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 a great little scene because let's be honest, anybody's been on a plane, you've been there.
2: Yeah, and you know, as a note about planes, like nobody's in sweatpants or shorts; they're all wearing, you know, yep. business suits, and the women are in uh, dresses, that's- and they're all very formal. And I, I think weren't there some people smoking cigarettes and what happened? Oh, yeah. And, yep. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably had real actual meals, you know, not some prefab garbage and
0: peanuts and, and, a, and a ginger ale. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> That's what we get nowadays. <laughs> Crackers so, and ginger ale. Here you go. <laughs> it's like, man, you, you wouldn't mind bringing that back
2: just for a split second. I, I'm sure there was things that, you know, you wouldn't want back but uh, a little luxury on the plane and people acting proper. Hey, that's all right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I can tell you right now, I would put up with uh, the cigarette smoke for a nice steak, you know, but that's just me. (laughs) 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 Oh yeah. So yeah, that's a great scene. I love that too. And it's very interesting because, you know, you see the first scene and it's this horrific accident and death. And then we switch to like, a slightly comedic scene on that plane. So butted it, up against each other, you wouldn't, you know, if you'd read the script, you you wouldn't think it would work, but it does work really, really well. But I think a lot of that's due to Dana Andrews and Peggy Cummins.
2: Yeah, they had a great on-screen chemistry. Um, right away, you could tell like, okay, they're perturbed with each other, but you still get the sense of, uh, there might be some flirtation there uh, mm-hmm. before things got going. And it's like, I hadn't really seen a lot of Dana Andrews. I mean, I I'm aware of him as an actor and everything, and certainly mm-hmm. aware of my brother uh, Leslie Nielsen. Um, but I hadn't really seen him before, and he was just a, a joy to watch in action.
0: Yeah, he's he like I said, you know, before he kind of you know uh, fell into alcoholism, he was a big big actor, and he wasn't doing B movies and. Stuff like that. He was doing big-name pictures, but, you know, then that happened, and that's kind of all he could get for a while. But he was in this one, which I love, and then he was (laughs) in another film that had a slightly uh, or hugely less budget, even, that I love, though. It's crazy, and it's cheap, but it's funny, and it's a zombie movie called The Frozen Dead. Have you ever seen that one?
2: Oh, no, but I know, I kind of know of it.
0: Oh, you need to watch that one, yeah. yeah frozen yeah, yeah. frozen zombie, Nazi zombies is what they are. Yeah, Nazi zombies, and they're in
2: like a <laughs> cooler or something like that. i've I've seen photographs. Oh, it's um, fantastic.
0: It's so cheap and so crazy <laughs> and kooky, it's great.
2: do you know there's there's another thing we could watch on Christmas Eve, you know, mm-hmm. as a call back to earlier.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. That's all oh, that. It's again, it's, it's, it's a very low budget, but it's, it's still pretty good. And he's good in it. Cause again, he's a very good actor, but uh, yeah. So, all right. Well, yeah, then they get off the plane and uh, of course, you know, Harrington, he uh, gets off the plane and then uh, he meets up with the other men that are at the conference. And then somebody ends up telling him like, Hey, you know, your uh, buddy here, uh, Professor Harrington was killed in an accident And we also see, you know, the niece, Joanna, she goes to a telephone to call because she's actually going there to meet the same person, you know, her uncle. So, you know, the two of them end up uh, meeting up at the funeral and, you know, kind of have a form like a little bit of a a bond friendship there. And Like I said, maybe even a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, a little bit of twinkle in each other's eyes with each other. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, it is funny because they kind of are on opposite ends of the fence here at first because. Uh, Joanna, she's actually an elementary school teacher and she is not the skeptic about things, uh, you know, like Harrington is, or I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, uh, Holden is because yeah, he's just like kind of, you know, jaded and like, I'm going to disprove all this and he doesn't believe any of it. And she kind of makes a good point to him that says, Hey, listen, you know, when we grow up sometimes and become adults, we just, you know, kind of like, chalk everything up to well there's an explanation for everything but when you were a kid and i think this holds true 99 percent of the time when you're a kid you have an easier time believing things and maybe that's because you haven't you know been around long enough yet or learned this or that or maybe it's just because you know you don't have some of those you know hang-ups or prejudices about stuff you're a little more open-minded no
2: absolutely
0: mm-hmm yeah, she makes a good point with that. I like that. And he kind of just like blows her off like, yeah, yeah, whatever, lady. But he, he eventually was like, uh, uh, hey, why don't we uh, talk about it over dinner? And she like, looks at him and <laughs> he's like, yeah, "She's love, like, OK, I Slickster. <laughs> <Buster>. <laughs> yeah. You know, his, he, his
2: character, it, it almost makes me wonder, was there any, um, let's say, influence to Kolchak, uh, the Night Stalker? Could be. You know, yeah. he's a skeptic reporter. Um, and I I can't think of the publication he wrote for in the show. But you know what I mean? Like, they're yeah. totally skeptic and they're totally immersed in the uh, paranormal and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes you wonder. Certainly not the suits, but... Or the pork
0: pie hat, but... Uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> yeah it's a good point though it sort of is the same you know kind of character in a way but i i didn't think of that before but yeah good point there but yeah i I think you know there's a little bit of a it's not that the pacing or anything like like that is bad in this movie but i felt like it's a little slow till they meet carswell um you know he ends up meeting him you know like i said joanna she's like hey we need to look into this i think this cult my uncle was investigating You know, might have had something to do with his death. And Holden's like, No, you're crazy. It was just an accident. And she's like, But what if it wasn't? Like, let's look into it and this and that. So, you know, Holden's like, Okay, I'll kind of look into it. But I think he's more like, Just to prove you wrong and approve these, you know, cultists or a bunch of phony balonies. And he's at the library and he's looking for a certain book. And out of nowhere, this Carswell guy's there and hands him his business card and, you know, says, like, Oh, I have a copy of this book in my house. You know, why don't you come by and get it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good scene. And then he, uh, Slip something into his uh, papers there. So what did you think that's right?
2: That was pretty crafty. Um Kurzweil, nice sleight of hand. And, as you said, he was a magician, um so that probably mm-hmm. gave him the the sleight of hand technique and everything um, and misdirection. so he he did it really smoothly and I bet you Dana Andrews was probably like, Hey, who boosted my wallet after they,
0: you know, yelled cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that scene quite a bit. And, you know, at first Holden doesn't realize he's been past this, uh, you know, piece of paper. And we come to learn a little bit later that it's a, a piece of paper with runic symbols on it. So if you were paying attention at the beginning of this film, you know, uh, professor Harrington had a, a piece of paper slipped to him that had runic symbols on it. And, carswell told him that was kind of the only thing that could get him out of uh the the curse or the curse of the demon or the night of the demon so keep (laughs) kind of keep that in the back of your head there but yeah good stuff there and joanna and holden you know they say all right let's go out to this guy's house (laughs) and i love that scene they drive out to his house and they're like wow whatever this guy's into it pays well because he lives in this absolutely humongous house it looks like something that you know a king would live (laughs) in it's it's ridiculously ridiculously huge but what did you think of that scene when they go to meet him and what's going on in his house that was pretty good
1: Ah, Holden, delighted to see you i hope we're not intruding not at all just my annual halloween party for the village children i'll come right up he's just a nice old guy perhaps he's santa claus in disguise i didn't recognize you (laughs) i used to earn my living like this years ago you see before you dr bobo the magnificent. Oh, excuse me, this is Miss Joanna Harrington. Miss, uh, not by any chance.
0: Yes, he was my uncle.
1: Oh. I was very sorry to hear of his accident. He was a man of uh, great principle. Mother? Mother? Oh? I'd like you to meet my mother. You must try a homemade ice cream. She's very proud of it. Mother? May I introduce Dr. Holden? How do you do? And uh, Miss Joanna Harrington. Miss Harrington is a niece of Henry Harrington's. Uh, Dr. Holden's going to borrow a book from my library. I've asked him to stay. Oh, how nice. I hope you don't mind children's parties, my dear. Julian's so fond of children. He really ought to be married, but he's so fussy. Oh, you aren't married, are you? No. Oh, mother, mother. Do you like ice cream, my dear? Yes, I love it. Well, come with me, and I'll give you a treat. Would you like to try some? Not right now, thank you. This is quite a place you have here. Yes, yes, let me show you around. (laughs) Snakes and ladders. An English game, you wouldn't know it. You see, if you land at the foot of the ladder, you climb up to the top. But if you land on the head of a snake, you slide all the way down again. Funny thing, I always preferred sliding down the snakes to climbing up the ladders. You're a doctor of psychology, you ought to know the answer to that. Maybe you're a good loser. I'm not, you know. Not a bit. Just how much do you know about this book that you're after? Not very much. Only that Professor Harrington referred to it in his notes. A remarkable work. The few men that really understood it learned many strange and terrifying secrets. Only a few? Is it that hard to understand? I spent my life trying to decipher it. The ancient sorcerers who wrote it knew their information was far too valuable to entrust to any known language. I didn't realize what I was asking for. You don't believe in witchcraft? (laughs) Do you? Do I believe in witchcraft? What kind of witchcraft? The legendary witch that rides on the imaginary broom, the hex that tortures the thoughts of the victim, the pin stuck in the image that wastes away the mind and the body. Also imaginary. But where does imagination end and reality begin? What is this twilight, this half-world of the mind that you profess to know so much about? How can we differentiate between the powers of darkness and the powers of the mind? (coughs) (coughs) Oh, how terrifying. Ah, what do I see here? Yes, some chocolate, I do believe. Hmm, and there as well, here we are. Of course, (laughs) (laughs) chocolate! Wonderful, aren't they? If only we grown-ups could preserve their capacity for simple joys and simple belief. I see you practice white magic as well as black. Oh, yes. I don't think it would be too amusing for the youngsters if I conjured up a demon from hell for them. Or for myself, for that matter. As we're not protected by the magic circle, we'd both of us be torn to shreds. And you'd spoil the party. You're so right. But how to prove my point? Ah, yes. Yes. Hmm. There. Done. What is? The magician doesn't like to expose his magic, black or white.
2: quite nice and is that the scene where he's having the the, party the children the kids yeah yeah and, and everything yeah. um because that was just odd you know mm-hmm. and it just uh with him in the black arts and everything um and celebrating witchcraft and halloween and whatever it was just like wow, this is one kooky spook. Um, And there's always one of those in everybody's neighborhood, you know, just the Mm -hmm. oddball who really embraces it. I'm pointing fingers at myself, but, you know. But, yeah, uh, the hobo get up he was in and everything, that was quite interesting in the way. um, Is that also the scene where the winds pick up and he's claiming it was him? Is that the same scene?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, he's having this children's party and dressed up like a clown and doing all this, like, you know, these pretty simple magic tricks and stuff like that because they're kids. And he sees the two of them, uh, Holden and uh, Joanna, and he kind of says to the kids, all right, kids, go have some ice cream because his mother makes her own ice cream. So uh, he goes up to uh, talk to the two of them and he's talking to them. And then eventually his mother comes up and Joanna goes off uh, with the mother to get some ice cream. And it's just him and Holden. And, you know, he kind of says to Holden, like, hey, listen, you know, I wouldn't be a skeptic if I were you because blah, 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 blah. And Holden's like, look, man, I've heard this dozens of times before. So you don't really you know, this this isn't really scaring me. I don't scare that easy. So he kind of like pauses and he, you know, kind of like puts his hands to his temples or something and is like, OK, you know, I'm going to prove it to you. But he doesn't say what he's going to do. But, yeah, then this crazy windstorm comes through, you know, blows the crap from the party all around. And the the kids run screaming and everybody runs into the house. And he kind of says, yeah, that wasn't, you know, that was a little more powerful than I was uh, hoping for that windstorm to be to prove to you I have this power. But, you know, hey, it proved the point. And what's his name was like, oh, I'm so sure that was you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, move move over weather channel. I'm going to prove you wrong.
0: Yeah, it was wild. It was wild. So um, they kind of, you know, joust back and forth a little bit. And Holden just is kind of like, look, I don't believe any of this crap. So can you just give me the book and I'll get out of here? And Carswell's like, "Okay, sure. And then he also says, uh, you know, hey, just to let you know, I know what day you're going to die. You are going to die on like the 28th. And this is like the 25th. So he's like, you know, you have like three days to live. And Holden again blows him off.
2: (laughs) But then it starts sinking into his mind and his subconscious like oh no is he right you know um mm-hmm. then he's starting to buy into it and it's almost like is he falling for a con but he's really not because mm-hmm. of what happened to harrington earlier on so you're but you are still kind of wondering is this mind over matter type of thing or you know psychosomatic but there really is some evidence to it And it plays out even further towards the end.
0: Yeah. Yep. Oh, absolutely. And that's, that's a really good scene. I think that might be, you know, those two opening scenes that were back to back were very, very good. And the scene with Carswell at his home here was very good as well. And then, like I said, sometimes there's some, you know, a bit of a, you know, slower moments here or there with the film. And I'm not saying it's like, you know, like I said, the pacing was off or anything like that. It was paced fine. Um, It just, I think, some of the scenes were just much better than others, whether it was, you know, that they were better written, you know, more well-written or, you know, maybe, you know, Andrews and this one and that one were, you know, just better in those scenes. I'm not sure how to, how you can quantify that, but they just, a lot of those scenes seemed really good. And then some other ones, not that they were bad. They just seemed very kind of slow.
2: Yeah. Um, a little bit all over the place. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. It's, it's almost like a couple of different movies in one for that Mm -hmm. reason, but it, it held together well and it, it Mm -hmm. works. Um, and the use like visually, the use of, uh, shadow and light throughout the whole thing was very well done, you know, giving it kind of its own life just on that. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, Kurzweil, like I said, he he's uh a deep character. You you kind of love to hate him, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. And it's like you don't want to see him get killed or whatever, but you want to see him get what's coming to him, and eventually he does or doesn't. I'm not saying.
0: Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> but yeah.
2: He, He's somebody you're. You're like, oh, I've I've ran into this type of person before in my life. Oh,
0: <laughs> yeah. And I will also mention too here. I should have at the beginning, so apologies for this. But there's actually, you know, two different versions of this: the 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 British version and then the American version. And the American version actually, you know, has like 13 less minutes of content in it. And it's my understanding that they cut out a lot of the uh, cultist, you know. Uh, like satanic cultist kind of uh, angles with this and some of that dialogue and stuff like that. Unless I'm mistaken, I think that's what it was. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Now is it?
2: I always forget. I get them confused. Is Curse of the Demon the American one and Knight of the Demon is the British one, or is it vice versa?
0: No, I think you're right. The first one there. I think you're right. The first one there. I think Curse is the American version and Knight is the British version. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff, though. It's again, and even if you do see you know, the uh, the American version that's a little bit shorter. It's not like you're going to be lost or it's terrible or anything like that. It still, you know, holds up just fine, but it is missing, you know, a little bit of that, uh, a little bit of that kind of conversation in there. But um, so, yeah, I mean, on ultimately what happens is, you know, Holden and Joanna, they keep investigating this. And, you know, Joanna obviously kind of believes something was going on from the beginning where Holden, it takes him a little while, but eventually, you know, it, he comes around like, You know, there's a scene where, you know, they go to a seance and he's like, oh, this is baloney and he doesn't believe any of it. And Joanna's like, wait a minute, I think something was going on here for real. And he's like, I get out of here. But at one part, (laughs) she kind of goes home and he's like walking through the forest outside of Carswell's place, because at some point they do go back to his place when they think he's not there. And he wants to kind of look around and snoop around this guy's house when he's not there to see if he can see anything that, you know. Has to do with, you know, Joanna's uncle's death or just, you know, anything that doesn't really, you know, hold water here. He wants to check it out. And the guy's cat kind of, I don't want to say, turns into like a leopard or a panther or something like that and starts harassing him. And it's just an interesting scene because you do see this little black cat running around. And then you do see the shadow of this huge cat, you know, kind of coming at Holden. But then the lights flip on and Carswell's there and he's like, oh, what are you doing here? Like, you know, you should be running around here on your own, pal. And he's like, right. oh, there's you know, there just like this huge cat in here or whatever. And he's like, what do you mean, this little cat here? And it's like, you know, like this tiny little cat. Kind of reminds you like uh, in Jack Kirby's The Demon, that little what's his name with that cat where it would turn into a bigger one and attack people. I think can't think oh. of his name. From DC oh my god yeah and that Jack Kirby's the demon I can't remember what that kid's name is he's like a kid but like black hair and he has this little cat but it can turn into like this big leopard or something like go ape and like trying to kill people <laughs> kind of reminds you of that yeah and I
2: I can't think of the character's name either um
0: yeah I can see the kid in my head He's, he's yeah, like he's a, got
2: like like a bowl cut or beetles
0: cut mm-hmm. uh, black hair Oh shoot. Yeah, I can't remember his name because he was even on the television show, like the cartoon show that they did. He was on that a couple of times. Yeah. I remember him being in there too. That was pretty neat. But um, yeah, he he kind of it kind of reminds you of like that kind of a scenario where you know it's uh it's, it's it's just a cat, but it can change into like this, you know, crazy uh like leopard or something, like you know, attack people. And that's what happened. But you know, like you said, there's a point in this movie where Holden he's halfway between believing what's going on, but still he has that, you know, side of his brain. That's like, no, no, you know, you're a skeptic. You can't believe this stuff. It can't be real, but you know, he, he's really like torn between what's going on that he can really see. And what his mind has told him his whole life is, you know, like nonsense.
2: Yeah. Um, he, yeah, he's, he's falling deeper and deeper into whatever it is. And, and, and I almost want to say it's like a con from Kurzweil, but you know it's not because he's got something that he is doing, uh, whether it's powers or spiritual influence or whatever. And you talking about the uh, the cat, is is that what they call a familiar? Yeah, that, I think so. OK, and I still can't think of that kid's name from Demon, but. um, But yeah, I want to remark on the concept. <laughs> No. Oh, forgive us, King Kirby, wherever you are. <laughs> you <know. laughs>
0: yeah, he's rolling over in his grave here. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't think of the name. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it is a very it's it's a very <clears throat> similar concept. So maybe he even got that from seeing this movie or or kind of like, uh, oh, what's that movie from the 40s? Is it Cat People or something like oh, that? Yeah, or that, cat that people? yeah, well, that woman, uh, I can't remember that actress's name either. Beautiful lady, but she turns into a, a cat and goes crazy yeah, well, there's cat people, and then the cat woman.
2: and uh, and the cat woman, she's kept in a cage, and they tell mm-hmm. her turning into a panther. and i I forget the twist of that. I haven't seen that in so long, but, um, but yeah, that that's a couple of good cat movies right there. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. yep <laughs> so, all right. Well, yeah, so. <laughs> So the, again, he starts to kind of get torn on what's going on here, but he does leave the house and, you know, him and Carswell kind of have it out again. And Carswell says to him, like, listen, don't go walking around the grounds here on your own. You know, it's not a good idea, pal. And he just, again, blows him off. Cause he's like, you don't know what you're talking about, dude. So, right. you know, and this is where like, things kind of get a little crazy. Like he doesn't see the demon, but there is all this, like, you know, wind and fog and all this crazy stuff starts to happen. And, he doesn't, you know, know what's going on and he kind of gets really scared for the first time in this movie. And I feel like that's when he really starts to come over to the side of, you know, Joanna. That's like, Hey, you know, there's, there's, there is something going on here. There is something supernatural. Like you need to believe in this stuff, dude. There's something not right going on here. Yeah. Is that the scene where, um,
2: in, in the middle of the wind blowing and everything, uh, where he sees the, the ball of smoke, or is that later Yes.
0: On? Nope, oh, that's okay. it. Yep. Yep, nope, that's yeah, the, it. That's exactly it. And the footprints
2: that are mm-hmm. kind of smoky, but I don't think the demon is totally
0: there? No, I think it's almost like, it seems like it's it's going to manifest, but it really doesn't. So I don't know if that's just because, you know, it wasn't uh, his time yet, or, or what's going on there. I'm not sure why that is. Maybe his time wasn't up yet.
2: Or, uh, hmm, would it be that possibly he was able to fight it off, you know? Mm, maybe.
0: But I maybe. don't know
2: if, if that really gets uh, spelled out for everybody. But I'm kind of wondering if, like you said, either the timing wasn't right or, you know, if if deep inside his soul or whatever... Uh, he was able to combat it, but who's to say?
0: Yeah, I always just took it to mean it wasn't his time yet. Like there was some kind of time frame where, you know, the, the they could kind of torture him, but they had to wait until that specific time uh, for uh, for the demon to actually do his thing there. And I right. did just I did just look it up. OK, the kid's name from the Kirby series is Clarion the Witch Boy. Oh, my God. I never would have guessed that. <laughs> Yeah. to demon number seven from uh, cover date, March, 1973, Clary on the witch boy. And his little cat is called Tickle. <laughs> see. The cat name sounds kind of familiar, but man, I, I never would have guessed that. Yep. So there we go. We, we came through in the end here. It took a while. It took some, you know, Google searching <laughs> here, but we came through, in the end. but uh, yeah. So things kind of move really fast from here because again, you know, uh, Carswell said he's going to die on like, you know, 10 p.m. on the 28th. And at this point, this might be like, you know, the eve of that day. So then, of yeah, course, you know, you, yeah, yes, they, stay, they go things. to sleep. Yeah, they kind of yeah. go to sleep and wake up the next day and they're still trying to kind of, you know, investigate this and figure things out. And then they kind of, you know, realize that that piece of paper with the runes on it has something to do with it. And basically, if you get that passed to you, you know, unknowingly, um, you know, like you don't you don't just get it handed to you because you could just refuse to take it. But if you get it like kind of slipped to you on the slide there, you know, if you still have that paper, you're, you're toast at that time. So, right. you know, that's going to play into the end here where uh, I think they also kind of figure out too, Holden and Joanna that and this goes back to that very first scene where Carswell was trying to uh, get Professor Harrington out of his house very quickly because it was, you know, midnight or 10 p.m. or whatever the Whatever the time is, where the demons coming to get the person with the parchment, we we come to realize, and Holden and Joanna figure out that this demon doesn't make. It's not that it doesn't make a distinction; it doesn't go around willy nilly killing people. But if let's say Professor Harrington was still in Carswell's house and had that you know piece of paper on him, yes, the demon's going to come in there and kill him. But it would kill anybody else in its way too. Yeah. It, 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 he, yeah. Yeah, might flatten Carswell's house to kill this guy, and he'd get killed in the meantime, too. So Carswell, at some point, you know, realizes, like, I'm going to get out of town here because they kind of figure that out. And I think they know he knows they're looking for them. But also then Carswell kidnaps Joanna and like has an insurance policy to kind of get out of town and like, hey, I have this, this woman here. You better leave me alone. But Holden's like, yeah, no, I'm coming after you. He goes on the train after him and. You know, he's trying to save Joanna and he's trying to uh, slip the piece of paper to Carswell and Carswell's onto him at first. But (laughs) eventually he does slip him the piece of paper. And then (laughs) Carswell's like, oh, crap, he slipped that piece of paper to me without me knowing. So the demon's coming for me. So I need to, you know, get that piece of paper and slip it to somebody else or do whatever with it to not get killed. And it starts blowing through the train. And (laughs) it's a great scene of him like. Sweating like a pig running after this thing, trying to get it so he doesn't get killed. And it eventually gets outside the train, and he jumps outside the train trying to get it. And the next thing you know, here comes down the train tracks, which looks yeah, yeah, really no, creepy. Oh.
2: And that's a great scene, too. Just like the first appearance of the demon where it's slowly coming down, fog rolling in. Yeah, the yeah. fog and the the ball of smoke and and those little uh electric you know, little shots or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And you just know somebody is toast and it's going to be Kurzweil, but you don't know, like you said, is it proximity and is the demon going to kill them all, you know? And Mm -hmm. you just know he's, he's not in a good place. And uh, it's kind of joyful to watch him get
0: it. (laughs) (laughs) It is. I mean, and I did forget to say too, you know, uh, at this point, Holden figures out that Carswell kind of kidnapped Joanna. So he calls the fuzz and they come running, too. So they're running around during all this as well. But at some point, like I said, Carswell kind of gets away from, you know, Holden and Joanna and the cops chasing that piece of paper. And he goes out onto the railroad tracks. And like you said, you see this great, I mean, fantastic scene of this demon coming towards him like, I'm going to kill you. And then another train goes by. So they kind of just say, oh, well, he must have been, you know, run over by the train there because his body's all mangled. But, you know, as the viewer and Holden and, (laughs) and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Harrington there, Joanna Harrington, they know better. So, yeah, crazy, crazy ending there to that one. But I love it.
2: Yeah. it For what was it, an hour, 10 minutes or something like that? uh, There's so much in there. Mm -hmm. Um, The ending is great. And it's a nice little twist. And like I said, I I, I feel guilty saying that, but I kind of liked watching Kurzweil eat it. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, honestly, you know, you figure 1957, you know, this was, you know, made over in the UK. And you had Hammer in 57 that started out with the, you know, Curse of Frankenstein. And that was yeah. in color. And the next year they had So a lot of the color ones were starting to come out. And I believe me, I love those and they are great, and they did a lot for horror films, especially with the red blood and everything, but this still is really solid, and I don't know if this being in color would have helped it. I think this one being in black and white helped this one. I like this one much better.
2: Yeah, if this was colorized, I I think the uh, the feeling of mystery and suspense might have been taken away from the colorization, so... Mm -hmm. Again, going back to the uh, use of shadow and lighting, it's it's kind of like abstract. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, just the the dynamics of it is really well done, and um, yeah, like like a Twilight Zone episode or something like that, but but amped up, you know, on steroids. Yeah. Um, this this is such a great one and i like watching it over and over and even just the the opening and the ending i'll watch that and i don't need
0: anything else just seeing yeah. that creature <laughs> yeah it's really good i i kind of feel like colorization would have hurt you know the demon too i don't think i think because it was in black and white it looks a little bit better to be honest with you and then Like you said, too, that the movie almost has like a noir feeling to it as well. Like a murder mystery noir film, too. Plus, then you throw in this demon. Yeah, it's it's really black and white really lends it to this. And Anytime you you
2: see a version of the demon, um, whether it's a painting or sculpture or whatever, Mm -hmm. any type of work of art and it's colorized, leading it up to the artist's. interpretation i Uh always feel like something is taken away by colorizing it um i've seen black and white sketches um notably by uh basil gogos monsters you know yeah he does a, a black and white charcoal drawing of the demon and it is you know spot on and it's got all kinds of depth and it looks menacing you know even though it's just a charcoal drawing but i've seen paintings of the same thing in color and you know there's no color guide you're kind of left to guess um Mm -hmm. and it can be it can be whatever you want it to be but i just feel like adding color to it just doesn't do it for me i like it in black and white um and certainly dana andrews he just you know, seems like he's of that era, obviously he was, but I can't yeah. imagine him in a lot of color things. Um, and yeah, I, I wouldn't do it colorized. I know there's, wasn't there that boom of colorization led by Ted Turner and things like that? Um,
0: oh yeah. For a little while there on some older films. Yeah.
2: He's and he kept colorizing everything and it's like,
0: okay, we get it. You know? Yeah, you, ha- you have that technology and money. Stop that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. You know, that's kind of how I'm like, how I yeah, feel about go, that.
2: Go buy another baseball team or something. Leave the monsters alone, you know?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree there. So, yeah. So, I mean, overall, two thumbs up here. You know, any final thoughts? Uh,
2: no, I other than I love it. Um, definitely two thumbs up, like you said. Uh, I would beware of floating uh, balls of fog coming your way. I would run like <laughs> the chickens.
0: And... Yeah, look for a piece of parchment that somebody slipped to you in your pocket or something like that. <laughs> get get rid of it. Slip it to somebody you don't like. <laughs> or in this in this digital age, if you get a text, you know, an anonymous text with room symbols, I would flush the phone down the <laughs> toilet. You know. <laughs> Uh, you know what I think I'd do? I think I'd take a quick bus to uh, Washington, D.C. and just, like, slip it in the pocket of a politician. But here you go, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Got that right. <laughs> so, all right, my friend. Well, that's going to wrap things up here. So if anybody's looking for you out there, where can they find you?
2: At the nearest Tim Hortons. I mean, uh...
0: <laughs> Timmy Hose. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. T-Ho, T-Ho. Yeah. <laughs> The easy spot to find me would be on the Twitter that's number one, Monster Matt. and uh, you can find all the stuff that I do there. i I uh, what do I do? I draw a couple of times a week, write some jokes, uh, try to entertain everybody, keeping communication with close people, and uh, you know, kind of have a good time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you have a website too that says about all your exploits, too, right?
2: Yeah, that would be monstermat.com. Mm-hmm. And then, uh,
0: so is there any uh, appearances coming up soon? I think you said last time we talked, you might have one uh, around Halloween, right?
2: Yeah, actually, Halloween is, uh, that month is totally booked solid now. Oh, nice. Uh, Every weekend is something, and even stretching into early November, um, there's not a heck of a lot around this area in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Although things have been whispered here and there and, you know, Hey, do you want to do this? Hey, do you, do, w- would you like to be here? Um, we're still investigating that. And I know we're almost in August, um, but there's still a month to play around with. And September uh, looks to be filling up as we speak. And, nice, you know, Bill, as as a Halloween fanatic, um, mm. it is now 99 days until Halloween at the time of Ooh, this.
0: Recording. That's so great. <laughs> <laughs> and, so basically it is Halloween. That's how I look at it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> what do
2: we get a, a few months of it? And I love it. Um, we already spotted mm. some stuff at stores and what have you. And nice. uh, it's it makes you feel good um well me anyways um and i'm working on some some sculptures and stuff for halloween so cool once once you hit that 100 day mark you start sweating <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's a good sweat you know what i mean
0: yeah absolutely man so yeah bring on halloween so yeah like you said it's it's just around the corner so uh, everybody go out there and look for uh, matt on twitter and then hit up the website and look for his appearances and check out some you know content and videos and stuff like that on there to see what he's all about so once again my friend thank you for being on the show i appreciate this anytime bill anytime all right so we're gonna get out of here and i'm gonna you know hit a trailer and then be back to wrap up the show in a minute everybody that's going to wrap up this episode once again i want to thank matt for being on really good guy get out there and give him a follow on twitter and look him up on facebook and you know look for his appearances if you're in the new york uh, state area especially you know over uh, you know a lot of times in the buffalo niagara falls area he does a lot of stuff over there so definitely check him out you know like i said really good guy really talented guy too you know makes uh molds and masks and things like that and you know he's got joke books and, you know all sorts of cool stuff going on so definitely give him a look all right take care everybody Thank you.